Well, let me pray. Father, we pray that this evening as we come to your word, you'd cause us by your spirit to have a joy in the good news about Jesus. Amen. Well, I wonder when the day was in lockdown when you woke up and you thought, can't this just be over now? The moment when frustration just turned became overwhelming. The day when you thought, where has my joy gone? Maybe you think now it was probably weeks ago. Maybe you think it's only been here and there or it's just happened the other day. But the reality of our circumstances in lockdown is that they're tough. They are challenging for us. For different people, as Johnny said earlier, it is different elements that make things difficult. Those different elements have caused people to be really quite sad, whether it be loneliness, being isolated from family, uncertainty at work, being unable to do activities that we enjoy, being ill, worried about health, losing loved ones. Maybe you've asked yourself the question, how can I possibly cope with COVID? How can I find joy when these good things seem to be being taken away? Well, if this evening you've come to church feeling miserable, or if at times during lockdown you have felt miserable, well, the Bible this evening has plenty to say. We're going to look at two instances of joy in the Bible. The first, maybe the most joyous moment in history, joy in new life. The second is an extract from a letter written in lockdown that we've just read together. Joy in lockdown. Here's the first. Joy in new life. You'll recognise it from Luke's Gospel, chapter 2, and what's commonly read at Christmas. It's the shepherds out in the fields, and here it is on the screen. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today, in the town of David, a saviour has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly, a great company of the heavenly hosts appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace to those whom his favour rests. Picture the scene. This is the angels announcing, what was it they're announcing? Good news of great joy for all people. It's the announcement of new life. Baby Jesus, born. He's the promised Messiah, the King that God's people had been waiting for for years and years. And after 400 years of silence, this is the moment that the angels couldn't contain themselves. It's one of the most joyous moments in the Bible, as this whole host of angels sing together glory to God in the highest. That's the picture of great joy as Jesus arrives on earth. I don't know if you've experienced the joy of hearing news of new birth or someone really close to you. I found out about my sister's first child, my niece, whilst I was on the football pitch. I was in Bicester, well, Launton actually, around the corner. 
I'll never forget the moment I was stood on the right wing, not doing very much, and Elise shouts on, she's had the baby. I was filled with joy in that moment, zoned out of the football match. The fact of the matter of what had happened moved me to feel joy. A grin spread across my face. The football, for a minute, became background noise. Maybe you'll know that feeling. But here, the announcement of new life in Jesus is bigger than just one new life. See, if I were to tell you about my sister having a baby, my guess is you'd have next to zero emotive response. Probably quite fairly, because it means nothing to you. But the birth of Jesus is good news. Who's it for? For all people that will accept it. It's joyous for all, because what Jesus offers is life for eternity to all that will accept him. The gospel brings overwhelming joy. That's why the angels couldn't contain themselves. This is what brings joy. It's that I no longer have to face the judgment of God. If I put my trust in this new baby Jesus, the promised king, my punishment is taken from me. I've been made right with God so that I can live now how I was created to live, to bring God glory, just as the angels sang. I don't know if you've ever been rescued from certain death. It's probably quite unlikely. But if you have, you'll remember the moment, for sure. The moment that the rescue was complete. I think I've been in this situation once before. I think I was probably going to die. I was rescued out of the sea. Someone slung me on their back and swam a, a long way to shore. And I remember the moment that the rescue was effective. The rescue was complete. As I was slumped onto the sand, dripping with blood, and I lay there and I just beamed. The joy was palpable. I could feel it running through me. I was just beaming. And that's a taste of the joy that we have in being saved by Jesus. It's rescue from death to life forever. That's the feeling beaming of uncontainable joy in suddenly understanding that we have life and that we can look forward to heaven. Maybe this evening as you sit listening in on YouTube, on Zoom, you remember the first time you trusted Jesus and you remember that feeling of joy. Maybe you're listening in and you wouldn't say that's you yet. Maybe you remember the feeling, but it was so long ago, it feels like you don't have that feeling very often anymore. Well, what do we do then? I read a definition of this Christian joy this week, which I think this was quite helpful. It's a good feeling in the soul produced by the Holy Spirit, causing me to see the beauty of Christ in the word and in the world. It's a good feeling in the soul produced by the Holy Spirit, causing me to see the beauty of Christ in the word and in the world. See, when we accept this news, we have new life. 
And when we recognize that we've been rescued, it's not just an emotional response that we're happy for 24 hours. It's not just an intellectual response that we have to tell our brain that we have joy. No, it's a good feeling in the soul. It's produced by the Holy Spirit as we see the beauty of Christ because only the Spirit will cause us to recognize this beauty. And that definition, it just helps us to see. We see it in two places today, in lockdown, in two distinct places. In the Word, we see the beauty of Christ in the Word. We saw recently in James that God chose to give us birth through the Word of Truth. And He goes on speaking to us by His Word, the Bible. It's in His Word that God reveals to us His joyous rescue plan for humanity. It's in his word that he goes on speaking to us today. See, reading God's word, the Bible, helps us to remember that we value salvation above all else. And that brings joy when other things feel like they're more important. To be reminded that we value salvation above all else brings joy, even in lockdown. And you see in that definition, it it says we see the beauty of Christ in the world. Because the good news about Jesus, it will transform the way we understand everything and experience everything in this creation. Everything. And that's such good news because we don't just and only have to travel and see mountaintops and sunset beaches to experience joy. But we can see God's goodness and experience joy in even the most mundane things in lockdown. The gospel turns keeping the kitchen sides clean with bacterial disinfectant away from something that's purely incidental in lockdown to something that I've been able to find joy in this week as I've used the gifts God's given me to find order and beauty in his creation or something as mundane as delivering leaflets could be in the last two weeks. One of the possibly the most mundane jobs has been a real joy for us as a church, for us as a family as we've walked around with the Dixons and spent brilliant time having Jacob encourage me and congratulate me on delivering every flyer. It's been a joy as we've seen it in its right place using our time our energy, our efforts, our relationships for God's glory. In this instance, to look out for the needy and and serve our community as we've been challenged to do in James. See, this lockdown period, if you struggled to find joy, have you first accepted the most joyous news in the world, that Jesus offers life forever, transformed, joy-filled? If not, would you consider accepting that news for yourself? Because the Bible claims that that's the only thing that will bring deep and lasting joy. And if you have accepted that news and you're you're struggling to find joy, or have you been reading God's word to help you feel joy as you see the beauty of Christ? To remember and to be reminded of just how amazing that rescue is. 
And have you recognised the beauty of Christ in the world? Have you let the good news of the gospel be the, the glasses by which you see and experience this life? Because when we run, walk, change a nappy in the middle of the night, deliver a flyer, cook a meal, watch telly, write a card, clean the worktop, in light of the good news of the gospel, what has potential to be boring, mundane, lockdown stuff is important. It's of value because we can do it offering our gifts and abilities to God and find joy in it. The claim of the angels is that the news about Jesus is good news of great joy for all people. If we're going to listen to them, if during this lockdown you felt less joy, well, the answer is from the angels to remind yourself of the good news about Jesus. The answer is to come to God's word where he speaks to us all about his great rescue. Have you found that during lockdown? Well, you might get to this point and think, hold on, this is just grossly unrealistic, isn't it? If you're, if you're one of those people, like I can be, that gets wound up by people who are overly jolly, who whistle all the time, and when you ask how they are, they say they're really, really good, thank you. Maybe then you pictured me beaming and whistling while cleaning my work surfaces in a spotless kitchen and thought, oh, that's just annoying. Well, it's, it's definitely not the case because joy is, is more than just being a jolly optimist. Maybe you're thinking, I get that if the gospel is life-saving news, then in the big picture, that's joyful. But what about in the day-to-day, where it's not as easy? What about when my circumstances feel rubbish? Lost loved ones, not seen family, not seen friends, not being able to get out of the house, missed holidays, lost your job, about to lose your job, not able to do sport or a class that you love? How can I have joy in these circumstances? Well, the Bible speaks of how we have not just an ultimate joy in being rescued, but it's not just that we are to desperately try to be joyful as we maintain perspective. But actually, we have a joy that it transforms our every experience. In Colossians, it says, and whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. See, when we're transformed by the good news of the gospel, we begin to see everything in its right place under God. And so actually that joy comes in obedience to God. That joy comes as we live, as we're created to live. That joy comes as we actively seek to honour Christ. That brings us joy. Let's, Let's see what it looks like in Philippians 1. Philippians is a book written from lockdown. It's extreme lockdown. It's prison. And if you could summarise the book of Philippians in a couple of words, it would be unlikely joy. Because Paul is writing from prison to a church in Philippi, and he's writing about having joy. Remarkable. And we already know through the rest of the book that he's filling his mind with the truth about Jesus, as we've seen in Luke 2. But here is really three really specific things he does which keep him joyful 
in rubbish circumstances. And they could be brilliant for us this evening. Firstly, speaking of Jesus. Look at verse 12. Now I want you to know, brothers and sisters, that what has happened to me has actually served to advance the gospel. So here's Paul. He's not bitter about being in prison. He's writing, remember, to encourage. Notice the echo from last week. This thing, imprisonment, it looks bad. But actually, Paul's pretty happy that God's using it for good. It served to advance the gospel. How? Well, verse 13, as a result, it's become clear throughout the whole palace guard and to everyone else that I am in chains for Christ. Here's Paul in prison and he's there because he was desperate to talk about Jesus. And as he was desperate, it became obvious and it encouraged others to do the same. And look, here's where Paul finds real joy. Verse 18. The important thing is that in every way, whether from false motives or true, Christ is preached. And because of this, I rejoice. Christ is preached. Paul finds joy in him and others speaking of Jesus. I don't know if there's anything more joyous as a Christian than helping someone you deeply care about hear about the life-saving news of Jesus. The moment when a friend says they want to come to church with you or when they've read a book that you sent them and want to talk about it. When they say they appreciate you praying for them. I'm sure you can think of moments where you've just been beaming with joy as you've run to tell a Christian friend of the privilege you've had of speaking about Jesus. Speaking about Jesus brings joy. Are you getting that joy? Is that something that you've found time to do in lockdown? Have you arranged to meet friends in order that you might taste the joy of speaking about Jesus? It's been a real encouragement that I've heard it and seen it on the faces of town church people this week. As I listened to someone talk about how lockdown had made brilliant time to read a Christian book with a friend with real joy in her voice. As someone told me how their friend had been logging onto the last few YouTube streams on a Sunday evening with joy written on his face. As I receive a message from a friend at the running club who wants to come to a quiz where the good news of Jesus is explained, it's a joy that I feel. Paul says, speaking about Jesus and seeing others do the same caused him to rejoice in lockdown. And for us, lockdown doesn't stop us. And it doesn't stop for us at Town Church Bista. That being a really crucial thing to speak of Jesus. It might look a bit different at this time. But don't let that stop you from tasting the joy of speaking of Jesus. Secondly, depending on God brings joy in verses 19 to 22. And Paul explains his Romans 8, 28 theology that we saw last week. He knows that God works for the good of those who love him. And so he can say in verse 18 and 19, yes, and I will continue to rejoice. For I know that through your prayers and God's provision of the spirit of Jesus Christ, what has happened to me 
will turn out for my deliverance. See what Paul knows? He knows that in life, God's got the best thing for him to be conformed to the likeness of Christ and bring him glory. It means that even in prison, in lockdown, in awful circumstances, humanly, he can continue to rejoice because he depends on God's deliverance. He's so convinced of it. He has to be in a prison cell. And he knows it might not mean freedom. He knows it might not mean physical health. Look, it's amazing. So that now, as always, Christ will be in my, exalted in my body, whether by life or by death. For me to live is Christ and to die is gain. He has a deep and profound joy because he knows whatever circumstance, whether he lives or dies, whether he's imprisoned or free, Jesus will be exalted. And so Paul continues to rejoice because he depends on God's provision. It gives him joy that he can pray and others can pray for him too, that however God chooses to do it, Jesus will be glorified and Paul will be conformed to be more like him. I've spoken to quite a few of you this week about the implication of coronavirus on your job for next year. It's something that we're all uncertain of to some degree or another. And there's a danger that those uncertainties can really rob us of joy. Uncertainty of whether we'll see family again and when. Uncertainty of when we might be able to go on holiday again. Uncertainty of our family's health. Uncertainty of the financial impact for us personally or as a family. But if Paul can say, whether it be in life or death, I will continue to rejoice. Well, we can say in job or unemployment, sickness, health, freedom or lockdown, we can continue to rejoice. Why? Because our joy isn't attached to our money, our health, our relationship status, our mortgage or our job. It's attached to Christ and being conformed to be more like him. And knowing that we depend on a gracious God who will exalt Christ in us and bring us to be with him is amazing. I had one conversation, especially this week, talking about the uncertainty of next year. And we talked about how it's almost a little bit exciting. And that's really not meant to sound flippant. I, I get that it's a big deal. Mortgages, mouths to feed, health. They're serious things. But actually, when we really trust that God will provide, when we are certain that God will work for our good, the joy is so consuming. It's like Paul that even in a prison cell, he can write to the thousands of Christians that would read his letter about what it is to have joy. That joy comes from a daily coming before God independence in recognising that he works for the deliverance of his people. Are you aware of your complete dependence on God for all things? Are you bringing before him the things that could rob you of your joy? Do you really trust him? 
that he is working for the very best thing for you. Because depending on God brings joy. Thirdly, being committed to the body brings joy. Look at verse 23 to 26. Here's Paul. He's so content and joyful in God. He doesn't mind if he lives or dies, but he's pretty convinced that he's going to stick around. And here's why. Look at verse 24. It is more necessary for you that I remain in the body. Why is it more necessary for the church that Paul stays? Well, look at verse 25. Convinced of this, I know that I will remain and I will continue with all of you for your progress and joy in the faith. So that through my being with you, again, your boasting in Christ Jesus will abound on account of me. See, Paul's got a role to be committed to helping his church, to help them find joy in Christ just as he has done. He's joyously and utterly committed to them, even in horrific circumstances, humanly speaking. He's so joyous that he's prepared to endure, to keep going, that his people might find joy in Christ. When we talk about being committed to town church, the danger is, the default, is we think about turning up to things on a Sunday, turning up to other things for what we get out of church. But see here, Paul is utterly committed to the church for their good, that they'd have joy and that they'd proclaim Christ. And actually, that brings him the most joy. It's so unselfish, and yet it brings him joy. It's brilliant to see how people are caring for one another, doing meals, shopping, lending a hand, going for walks, checking in with one another, seeing how they're doing with jobs. We'll find joy in being sacrificially caring for those in our church family it's not the turning up at church it's not the receiving a meal to your door it's not the being at events that brings the most joy it's the walk back to the car when you've delivered a hot meal it's the time you spent with someone who is lonely it's the last bit of washing up on a sunday gathering that's enabled others to speak for that time that you've been able to do because of the spirit at work in you that you've really helped others in your church family paul saying being a consumer of church doesn't bring real joy if we were to say with paul our reason for being here it is more necessary for you that I remain in the body. If we, were to, if we were able to say that at town church regularly, I'm part of this body for what I can contribute for the Lord Jesus. If that was our attitude more and more, I'm convinced we'd just go on finding more and more of that joy that we feel as we serve one another. Are you tasting that joy? Because there's a danger in all of those things that we've seen this evening, that in lockdown we forget that the good news of the gospel gives us joy in his word. 
And there's a danger that we let lockdown stop us from finding joy in these things that we can keep on doing. Speaking of Jesus, depending on God, being committed to our church family. Will you find joy in Jesus? Will you find joy in lockdown? Let me pray. Father, please, by your spirit, would you help us to find joy in the life-saving news of the Lord Jesus? And Father, we pray that in the circumstances of lockdown, you'd help us to find joy as we seek to honour you with our time. Amen.